Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Tim. And we almost missed. Putting the volume back up in that intro, Tim. <laughs> we were chatting away. <laughs> That's when you know, um, I suppose, you're just way too nonchalant about something. You know, <laughs> you're just not taking it seriously. No, not that we don't take the podcast seriously. Yeah, yeah, speak for yourself, Tim. <laughs> no, I think it's been a busy week and uh, we're heading pretty quickly for a long weekend in New South Wales here. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I know that you're extra extending that long weekend. Mm. I happen to be doing the same, but next week. Oh, whoa. So, Kat has most of next week off. Nice. So, I'd already organized to have one of next week's days off. Damn. Yeah. Unfortunately, it'll be cloudy and not 31 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> That's possibly why we're taking tomorrow off. Because Saturday is going to be 19 and rainy. Yeah. What the hell? But then tomorrow, 31. Well, I think sunny. today is 27 and sunny. Yeah, it's tomorrow been beautiful all week, actually. Apart from... It was rainy on Monday. So, if you're in Victoria listening mm. to this, then you're like, screw you guys. Mm. I already had my public holiday for AFL Grand Final weekend. Mm. Well, you guys can get stuffed because you got Melbourne Cup public holiday coming up. <laughs> so, every major event you get a freaking public holiday for. They get a... They the get race a, that stops the nation, but <laughs> Victoria. only Victoria for a public holiday. <laughs> they, uh, they get a day off every every week, don't they? Isn't just like a <laughs> public much. holiday each week? There's like, oh. uh, oh, today's what, round 20? Day off. From, from an accountant's perspective, uh, as an employer, you would not move to Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of extra public holidays you got to pay your staff for. But as an employee, that's where I'd want to live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's classic. What we should do, Tim, yeah. is keep our office here, but then we move to Victoria. <laughs> Not the whole business, just us. And then we can have those days off. But everyone else who works for us has to still go to work. That's just offshoring. Just offshoring your... Offstating. Uh, Offstating. Like, Offstating <laughs> your office to avoid the, the public holiday taxes. Yes, correct. Yeah. Uh, so, Tim. What, what is, is the Tim and download? Tim, how's your week? Yeah, good. Uh, just recovering from AFL Grand Final. Bit of a fizzler actually um mm. one good thing we did this week dan was linkedin local we did that was, that was really cool that was really cool actually we enjoyed uh, it shout out to mark brendan isaac and isaac um, for arranging that for one. arranging that one They're and doing a great job it was great there was there was a good amount of people there we met some really interesting local businesses the tame fox awesome venue mm. good place for a coffee great place if for you're an arena mm-hmm um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Met some really cool people. Might even have found some guests for the pod mm, as well. Yes. Yeah, there was some really interesting people who had started interesting businesses. Um, mm-hmm. I think what we should... I have an idea, Tim. Yeah. I'm just going to throw this out here live on the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. We should do a segment. You know how 
there's a lot of really famous podcasts at the moment that are about um, like how I built this by Guy Raz is one of them where it's, yeah. he talks to famous business owners and they talk about when they started their business and the problems that they had and yeah. and now they're all, the end of the story is usually and now they're worth a billion dollars. <laughs> um, but I'd like to do more locally, mm. just like tell us about the struggles or, or the starting of your business. Yeah. And just because everyone has the same kind of journeys, the same kind of problems. For sure. And I'm sure there's lessons to be learned in, in a small business. Oh, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to know the way people have grown and taken their business forward. Mm. Um, some of the challenges they're facing, even if it's only early days, mm. um, you know, it's always good to reflect. Mm. And maybe, you know, maybe Dan, we could do a little business valuation for him at the end and be like, <laughs> you are worth <laughs> Like a game show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we could put it like a, maybe some sort of mm. pictorial diagram to show on a scale. Like it would just be like hovering oh, and then it'd be like, yeah. ding, 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 ding. Higher or lower? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guarantee Spin you the that wheel. Uh, most people would believe their business is worth more than the valuation. Uh, that some we, people we, are pessimistic. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You never know. Anyway, that's interesting. So, yeah, LinkedIn Local. Um, it was good. It was good. We had to definitely we, be there next month. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good one, Tim. Mm. Um, I did the same thing. So, my Tim and Dan Lowe is just the same. It's just been a big week of work, um, organizing a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, been a busy week, been a busy month. We're still hiring as well if you're We're an accountant listening hiring. to the. <laughs> we are still hiring. So, if you are an accountant and you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I like the cut of their jib. Then I like to get your jib. Then please get in touch because we're looking for someone. Yeah, we want you. I'm pointing. Yeah, I'm wearing a top hat. Yeah, we want you specifically if you meet our criteria. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how we should. <laughs> we should put up a photo later of that on mm. Instagram or something. <laughs> we want you. Uh, I like it. All right, business well, update. Business update, Tim. Cool. There's a couple of good ones this week. Um, I might share these on. LinkedIn, because that's what we learned at LinkedIn Local, Dan. We should share regularly on LinkedIn. Yes. 911 is the method. Share it. In case you missed it. Yes. Nine pieces of content related to your industry. I just forget what the ones are. <laughs> uh, it was nine like industry content. Yeah. Uh, there was one about business news. And then there was one yes. offering. It was like news, an update about your practice or your business. Correct. correct. And then, uh, and then one product offer. offering. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so the business updates this week. Um, yeah. I was going to share this later on LinkedIn. Stripe feed. Yeah. It's an interesting one because we have Stripe um, yeah. for our online payment gateway linked with Xero. Um, yeah. There's lots of options out there. We, at the time, that was kind of the only one that really worked, but... Um, as you'll hear later in this episode, mm. uh, another payment gateway option. It's kind of ironic. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, the Stripe feed, it's it's for Zero. It was a big announcement at ZeroCon. Um, so, you can now have a bank feed for Stripe, mm. which is awesome. I think that's a really good idea because yep. the only way Stripe used to work in Zero was if you uh, sent an invoice from Zero and used Stripe as the payment uh, method. Mm -hmm. So, a client, a client would get the e-invoice, click into it, use the big green button saying pay now, mm -hmm. put in their credit card details and then Zero and Stripe would work together to reconcile the invoices paid, enter in a payment against the bank account 
And then seven days later, when the payment came in, it all match up and correct work beautiful. And that worked fantastic. But, awesome. But some what, be- what yeah. if you use Stripe in a different system? Exactly. That linked with zero. Some people don't use. Some people don't um, send their invoices zero. that way. Mm. They send their invoices from. We've got a client sends them from Acelo. Yeah. As an example. Yeah. Still paid through Stripe though. Yeah. So then that was a lot harder in zero because. Mm. Um, the payment coming into the bank account would never match off against the invoice. Mm-hmm. So, Xero has found out a way to work around that by making a bank feed for Stripe, yeah. which is really cool. Now, one thing they didn't explain at ZeroCon, um, and you may have noticed this if you were sending your invoices yeah. with Stripe as a payment method. Which is the reason we bring this up. Yeah. Um, there is a transition. So, if you were accepting payments through Stripe, it'll still enter the payment. It'll mark the invoices paid, mm. but it won't do that beautiful automatic syncing um, like it used to. Yeah. So, we've noticed that in our own zero file. It stopped working the way it was meant to because- yep. um, Because now you need a bank feed. You need to set up the bank feed. So, yep. they didn't tell you that, oh, the way you were doing it, yeah, mm. going to have to change. Mm. So, there'll be a few people probably sending in support requests or calling their accountant saying, mm. why is my Stripe- Payment's not matching anymore. Mm. That's because you get to set up a Stripe uh, bank feed and then... Then it'll you start have to, to match. One other thing, Dan, mm. though. You have to change in zero um, where your payments for clients who are paying using Stripe on your invoices are actually posting to. So, you have to make it that it's posting to Stripe right. rather than your main bank account. And then that'll start matching up against the income exactly. coming into the Stripe account and then exactly. there'll be a fee taken out yes. and then that'll transfer through to the main bank account. Yes. Correct. Now, because Stripe has a seven-day period mm. of paying to your main bank account, mm. there's probably going to be several in that window that you're going to have to manually sort of just force. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, there is a bit of a transition. Yep. So if you need more help... Send us a message <laughs> or contact your accountant or bookkeeper. Yeah. Or zero. Or zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, that's one. Mm. But it's a really good thing. It's worth it. Yep. Uh, the next one is SMSF diversification. Yeah. So, we've been speaking a little bit about SMSFs When lately. we say SMSF, we mean self-managed, self-managed super funds. So, uh, what this is, is the ATO are targeting um, self-managed super funds that may not have a diversified portfolio of investments inside the fund. So, typically, this might be somebody who bought investment property in the super fund and that's all they got. That's not really a diversified portfolio. That's one investment that if that goes poorly, mm. um, potentially, depending on how it's set up, you know, you, you might lose a lot of money in your super. Yeah. So, the ATO are targeting those people to say, hey, you need to you know, perhaps rethink it Mm. Or at least think about it. <laughs> yeah, so there's a bit of conjecture mm. around this. Um, the ATO apparently have the right to find people who haven't diversified enough in their self-managed super fund. Mm. Um, I also heard on the flip side of that, that they would never use that power. Mm. Um, but the main thing you can do to protect yourself is to make sure you have an investment, an investment strategy. strategy in place. Mm. Saying that you've assessed the risk of not diversifying yep. your portfolio say, in just buying a property mm. with 95% of your, your funds in super mm. um, and saying that you've assessed the risk and all other options and you still feel that purchasing a property is the best mm. um, option for you. Now, it's worth noting that ATO only sent these letters to people with LRBAs. Yeah, so that's if you've got borrowings to yeah. purchase that property and, and yeah. you've set up a limited recourse borrowing arrangement. Um, typically, that involves setting up another trust and all sorts of things. But uh, 
they're only targeting those people at the moment. Yeah, at the moment, that's that's because the ATO in 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 your self managed super fund tax return, you have to say if you've borrowed to buy a property. Yep. And so the ATO know every super fund that's borrowed to buy a property. Mm. So they've picked them off. And generally, if you're borrowing to buy a property, mm. that means you've used a lot of the funds in your super uh, to purchase that property. Exactly. It probably because means you don't you, have enough. You're borrowing. You're, so. you're probably a bit cash poor in the super fund. So you Who may knows? not be diversified. You're no. definitely probably not under 90% um, with that property as a proportion of the investments in your fund. Correct. So that's why they've sent it out to them. And yeah. and um, it is legal. It's fine. But um, the ATO is not heaps keen on it. Mm. Which, I mean... It's an interesting thing. It, it, is an, it is an interesting thing. And it's obviously unique to everybody's individual circumstances and, yeah. and what they're doing. I so mean, I can understand... That investment strategy in yeah, place. I can understand the rationale behind it that some people, you know, who've not gotten the advice they probably should have and just set it up. Mm. Um, and now... You know, you know prices so, going down. They might be losing some value in the super fund. It might be risky. It's a really tough one to borrow in the super if you can't guarantee that you're going to be putting more money into super. Yeah, because definitely. it can be tough because to, then you can't make the loan. Yeah, you've got to be cash flow positive. So, hmm. so yeah, there's a couple of interesting ones. Yeah, they're really good, Tim. I might try and post them on LinkedIn later. Hmm. How about that, Dan? I'll share it. <laughs> Should we post it from the business page? Yes, and then we both share it. Oh, snap. Look at what we've learned, Tim. <laughs> LinkedIn <laughs> Look at local. What we've learned. Coming at you. Uh, that's great. So, Tim, let's move on to everybody's favorite topic. Ah, uh, yes. The Tidus Tim. Our favorite time of the week. <laughs> Tim's Tidus Tim. Tim's Tidus Tim. <laughs> I haven't been posting these on Instagram lately. I need to. And uh, that's mm, letting the team down there, Dan. Mm. Well, I think there's, a, there's one that you'll like today, Dan. Mm hmm. And it's appropriate, we're coming up to a long weekend, so some people might, you know, daylight savings. Yeah. Some people might want to have a little bit of a, a drink or two, mm-hmm. a drinky poo yep. over the weekend. Yep. Well, if you want to drink fine champagne on a budget. Mm, I know where this is going and I like it. This Tartar's tip is called... Me likey, This Tartar's tip is called Aldi champagne. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> it, <laughs> Aldi champagne, dot, 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 dot. It's delicious. With an exclamation yeah. mark. So, um, yeah, it's, there's two different uh, options for champagne at Aldi. Mm. And what a lot of people don't know is one of them is legitimately champagne. It's called champagne. Yeah. So, so y- if, if, if you're not a bit of a wine connoisseur here and you don't know the difference between your champagnes and your sparkling wines, essentially... You can't call a sparkling wine a champagne unless it's from the region champagne. champagne. Exactly. Um, so, all sparkling white wines in Australia who you'd normally just call champagne mm. aren't actually champagne. It's they're, not champagne. They're, they're kind of the same thing, but yeah. they're just not made in that region exactly. where champagne is from, which exactly. is in champagne. Yeah, this bites me in the, in the ass sometimes when I'm at a bar mm. because um, I like to be grammatically correct. Yeah. And so, I'll be like, one, one glass of sparkling and one beer, please. Yeah. The sparkling's for me, obviously. <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and I'll be like, oh, is that uh, sparkling mineral water? Is that sparkling, sparkling with lemon mm. or lime? I'm like, no, mm. sparkling wine. What, what else kind of sparkling yeah. would I want? And then they're like, what, is that a Moscato? Oh, is that a rosé? And then they're like, oh, you mean champagne? I'm like, <laughs> sorry, you don't have champagne on your menu? Because I'm obviously at the local bowl. I don't drink at expensive bars, Dan. Um, yeah, so 
Champagne is a delicacy and mm. usually very expensive, Dan. Very expensive. And so you can actually get champagne from Aldi mm. for about $21. Yeah, it's, it's, if you go to our local Aldi at, at Bado Bay and the alcohol section <laughs> on the right, if you're lining up on that aisle, which is normally the one that's always open, yeah, um, yeah. you're putting your groceries on the Exit conveyor the belt gift there, store. Yeah. and you, you look to your right, it's literally on a stand right there in oh, front yeah. of your face. Definitely. Champagne. $21 roughly. So if you get a special occasion coming up mm. and you want to wow, wow your partner or you just give someone a nice gift, mm. get them some champagne from Aldi. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks fancy. There's even a reputable uh, sparkling house at the Hunter Valley. Mm. May have something to do with bubbles in mm. the name. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. House of Bubbles. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. There was a lady working there mm. who told friends of friends, mm. aka my mum and mm. Jade's mum, when they were <laughs> having wine together for yeah. some reason, uh, that the Aldi Champagne is a really good pick. Mm. Now, there's a level below that, $7 mm. for a bottle. It's not champagne. But that is That has won a bunch of awards. Yeah. And so, that is also a really good pick if you're on a budget. Exactly. So, if you want champagne, champagne... Get the $21 one. Yeah. If you just want a nice sparkling, the $7 one $7 just one good. goes really well. If you like the sweeter taste, go for the $4 Moscato. <laughs> $4? I particularly like that. How can you beat that? It's And it tastes, it's so good. It tastes so good. Four bucks. It's better than a lot of the $20 bottles you'll buy at uh, mm. the other named brands. So, there you have it. Brilliant. Good Tata tip this week. I actually got that right. Yeah. It's that been was... ages since I've hit that mm. button. Mm. Uh, cool. Thanks, Tim. That's a good tight ass tip. I like it. You're welcome. I'm going to post some pictures of us with some sparkling <laughs> champagne uh, on Instagram today. Nice. Yeah. Uh, cool. Let's move on to our main topic today. Now, today is another chat. That's right. Another chat from oh, ZeroCon. Yeah. Um, ho- we're hoping you're enjoying these because we're really enjoying listening back to them. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you've listened to them, Tim, but I've listened to them. Um, Tim's nodding like, no, I haven't listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened back to all of them that we've released just to hear, because um, we did it all in one day. It was all kind of a big whirlwind of, of excitement. Um, and just listening back to these chats and, and they're really great. And I'm enjoying, yeah. you know, uh, gleaning some information from, from each of them. Mm. Uh, today, we've got... Hiroki Takeuchi, who is global CEO of GoCardless. Yeah, and a, and a co-founder, co-founder. Of, of GoCardless, which is another payment gateway system, um, really good with direct debits and things, I believe. Yeah. Um, they're relatively new to Australia. They started in yeah. the UK. Um, they're quite big over there. They've come to Australia. They're starting to go really well here. They've got some great, exciting partnerships with Zero coming yeah. up. Uh, and they're just kind of expanding all over the world now. Um, So it was really exciting. They've had a fascinating journey. Pretty cool. Yeah, they've gone through, you know, uh, Y Combinator, the kind of accelerator in in Silicon Valley and through all that kind of Mm. stuff, you know, getting mentors from all these big tech companies and and learning about it. And it's just a fascinating story um, of a company starting from Mm. a couple of them to... Um, you know, now 400 staff around the world. Globally, it's crazy. Mm. <clears throat> so, Hiroki's got a pretty cool background and story as well. Um, if you want to look into it, yeah. uh, look him up. He's, Definitely. He's, uh, yeah, he's half English, half Japanese. Yeah. So, really interesting um, cultural background. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he basically went 
out on his own three years after three years into his career mm. out 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 of uni. Mm. But he also did he study? Oh, I'm gonna get it wrong. Stanford. No, that's in the US. It would have been one of the Harvard. English it wasn't ones. Harvard was it? It would have been one of the English ones. I mean, like Oxford. He went to or a something. very Cambridge yeah Oxford. I think it was. Like yeah. But he went to a prestigious um, college, mm. and then three years into his career, um, decided to start something mm. with two other people. Yeah, and yeah, it's just grown. And he's now only in his early thirties. Yeah, and he runs this global company. Company. So those are some of the questions we ask him. What what it's like to. Kind of look back mm. on the rapid rise mm. of the company and and uh, and what that feels like. Yeah, so. and 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 it's funny as well to hear how some of his troubles um, are very similar to what you might be experiencing in your small business. Yeah. Like it's 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 all kind of the same thing, just it's on a relevant. much bigger scale. Definitely. So yeah, it's great chat with uh, with Hiroki. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, have a listen, and we'll see you after the chat. Hi, I'm Tim, and I'm with Dan. G'day. We're the two drunk accountants, and we're here with Hiroki Takeuchi. Thanks for he having me. Is the CEO of GoCardless. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's great to be here with you. Yeah, yeah. we're uh, very pumped to uh, be having a chat with you. Um, through ZeroCon, there's been a few announcements about uh, GoCardless and Zero uh, integrating closely, working closely together. Yeah. So uh, it's a very exciting time for your company. Yeah, absolutely. We're really excited to be here. Um, so we. we we're quite new in the market. We launched um, about six months ago. Yeah, okay. Um, yep. And so it's, it's still early days, but you know it's been great to have a, such a fantastic reception. And you know, zero is a, a big part of uh, the success we're having in, in Australia and in New Zealand as well. Cool. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we work with them a lot uh, in the UK and in other markets already. And so sure. you know, uh, we're, we're, we're here to kind of replicate that success uh, down under. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm very impressed with your story as well. Um, you started GoCardless at a pretty young age, only three years out of uh, finishing uni, I believe, or yeah, was, thereabouts. Yeah, I think it was about two. Like two? Yeah. yeah. Less than two, actually, yeah. Amazing. So, um, you just, you had a vision uh, and you pursued it? Pursued it? Well, I, I think that, you know, part of it was just sort of blind naivety, right? Okay. You know, we didn't really know what we were doing. Beautiful. And, yeah. and I, I think that if we had known what we were doing, then we probably wouldn't have done it. So, you know, uh, there's, there's definitely an element of luck. Yeah. 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 And you had, uh, well, you, three of you started it, you and two friends. Yeah. Um, and you're the you're the global CEO now, um, and they've sort of stepped aside. Yeah. Uh, so they've just left you with uh, with everything to do yeah, by they've, yourself. They've left me. They left me with the baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but both uh, my co-founders have gone on to, to set up uh, yeah. subsequent businesses, and yeah. they're having fantastic success. Do as they well, ever so. just like give you a pot shot from afar, like ah, oh, I saw what you did there, and uh, this is what I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're pretty good actually. They're quite yeah. supportive. I mean, sometimes awesome. like Matt, one of my co-founders, is still on the board, and uh, cool, cool. sometimes he'll just like throw in a grenade and a board meeting yeah. I'm like, thanks mate I really appreciate that cheers yeah uh, but but in general they're quite good yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome fascinating um, so I saw yeah the journey with the business as well like you guys went through Y Combinator yeah. and all that kind of Silicon Valley yeah. stuff how was that journey was that well, intense it was, it was yeah absolutely I mean it was really important to us and quite formative because yeah. you know I imagine it's similar to what it's been like uh, down here but you know in London where we started um, you know back in 2011 there wasn't really a startup scene, right? Mm, like the, sure. the, it's, it's evolved massively over the last Definitely. Uh, five years or so. Yeah. Uh, but when we started, it didn't really exist. And so we were really lucky to be able to go over to Silicon Valley. Uh, y Combinator is an incubator out there, which yeah. is, you know, one of the, the really highly regarded ones. Um, and we were able to learn from actual experts, right? Mm. Um, that had 
gone and scaled and successfully yeah. massive businesses yeah. uh, and technology companies and, and you know we learned a lot about the way to go about building technology and the mm. way to go about building technology businesses sure. from that experience so yeah. it was really crucial to the early success of the business yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounded like an amazing experience um did you meet like i think well what i read was mark zuckerberg might have been one of the people that was giving you some, yeah, yeah. some so guidance well uh, i mean it would it'd probably be a bit grandiose to say guidance guidance uh, yeah no so so the format for Y Combinator is that um, they have these weekly dinners that they mm. uh, invite all okay. of the kind of founders uh, to. And nice. uh, every week it'd be a different uh, person that would come and talk to us. Okay. And in general, it'd be like these super successful tech uh, founders. Yeah. So we yeah. had like Mark Zuckerberg, we had yep. the guys from Airbnb, yeah. uh, we had yep. Max Levchin from PayPal. We, yeah. had, we had all these amazing guys. And, and, and the thing that was like really uh, fun about it was that because Y Combinator had built this really strong a brand and reputation in, in Silicon Valley, they, they were able to attract these founders, but not only attract them, but also get them to tell us their real story, not yeah, the PR yeah, story, not yeah. the one that That's you cool. hear on these yeah. podcasts and the, yeah. one, the, you know, the ones yeah. that you hear yeah. uh, in the public, but actually like some of the things that went wrong and okay. some of the some of the, 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 the trials and tribulations, nice. I guess. And, yeah. uh, and, and so, you know, I can't share them. That was the whole point. Is like, you know, what <laughs> stays, what, what gets said in those, stays in those. But, <laughs> but, but, but the, the main takeaway though was that it, it made it really feel possible, right? Yeah. It was like, okay, well, all of these guys, they're, they're actually just humans, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's not like you need to be a, a superhero in mm. order to yeah, be able to build a, a successful technology business. And so, yeah, it, it was really inspiring. Well, that, yeah. that is what it feels like from the outside looking in. Um, I mean, you started that business and now you've got uh, almost 400 staff, yeah. uh, offices globally. So Europe and Australia and New Zealand, like you said. Yeah, so. and, and the US soon as well. So. Does yeah. it, is it crazy for you to look back at that? From where you start, I mean, I guess because uh, you, you're so closely. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a funny one because, like, you know, on the one hand, it you know grows very gradually day to day, right? And and so you don't notice it uh, yeah. so yeah. much. But very often there are moments where uh, you take a step back and you just go, okay, wow, this is kind yeah. of kind of crazy, right? Mm. Um, and I think for me, that what always really. Uh, is, is quite striking is when we have our offsite. So we, we you know, as we've grown, we, we've had to evolve in quite a bit. And, and you sure. know, in the in the early days, it was like every week we get the whole team together, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, when you're 400 people, that becomes a bit like <laughs> cumbersome. So yeah. we we now do it once every two years. Okay. Uh, yeah. Not two years, like twice a year. Sorry. Yeah. Um. And and it's great because you get the whole team together and you can see them all in one room. And every time, it's kind of like another level of scale, yeah. another level of kind of professionalism of the, mm. of how we run the events and. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, like, you know, coming to something like ZeroCon is really amazing because you can kind of see what, like, it hopefully will become. Yeah. And, you know, this is such a fantastic map. event. Yeah, it's, it's really isn't it? Oh, it's, it's awesome. Insane. Yeah. So, um, so let's let's dive into a little bit of GoCardless. Sure. So, uh, obviously, there's other uh, pay solutions out there, you know, easy debits, your Stripe, your, or, or the, what, what space do you guys fill for the customers or, or for your end users? Mm. Um, what's your purpose? Why, why are you guys in this space? Yeah, so for us, like our mission is to yep. help our customers to get paid, right? Yep. So it's yep. like taking the pain out of getting paid so mm, that, nice. you know, our customers can focus on what they do best, yeah. right? And that, that's creating great goods and great, great services. And, you sure. know, I think that the belief that we have is no one gets into business, well, unless you're us, no one gets 
into business to focus on payments, right? Yeah, and, and okay. like, it's, yeah. it's generally speaking that horrible part of like your week. It where, is the worst part. You know, you're you're, you're yeah. chasing your customers. Yeah. You've got like late payments, and you know there's it, some huge issues around that. And so Definitely. you know we're focused Definitely. on solving that problem. And, okay. and the way that we do that is by trying to create the best way to collect recurring payments. And and, and this is the bit that's kind of different for, about what we do versus okay. a lot of the other payment companies out there is yep. that you know, what we noticed that was that there was a huge amount of innovation and technical disruption around e-commerce and retail right mm. where you know i'm trying to sell a jumper online or you know i'm a, a, a you know a physical retail store and uh, i'm selling you know uh, things using uh, credit and debit card basically yeah and so there's a lot of technical disruption there but the problem that we've identified was that you know there's all these other payment use cases right yeah. so you know any, anything from collecting subscription payments through to Definitely. sending invoices to your customers and trying to get paid for those. Yeah. And, and those problems, those payment use cases have very different problems. And as a result, what we feel is like the solution needs to be very different, right? Yeah. And so, you know, what we did was said, okay, well, look, let's just focus purely on these payment use cases, which no one's really tackling and no one's really focusing on. Mm. And let's just build the best possible solution for, for these kind of use cases. Cool. And so, you know, what that turns into is, you know, a set of technologies that bring together all of these direct debit systems that exist around the world, which mm. are, you know, at their core, the best way to collect recurring payments, right? Yeah. They, that's what they were designed to do, yeah. but have been really underutilized because of a few problems with them, right? right. So, you know, one of the big problems and, and what's probably most relevant to, to you guys is, you know, that a lot of the time, it's actually quite difficult to get access to these sort of systems in the first yep. place, right? Yep. So if yep. you're a small business, you're collecting subscription payments or you're trying to invoice your customers, you know, going and getting paid by direct debit is not that easy. No, right? yeah, for sure. And, and so, you know, what we did was we opened up access by building technology that made it really easy to get access to. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's been a, a big part of what we do. Yeah, it's a tricky one, the direct debits thing, because um, it's so amazing for for businesses, we we have clients on a monthly direct debit, uh, and it's amazing for our cash flow um, and certainty for our business. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of like you're building it for the business, but you're also building it for the customer that's paying because yeah, it's going to be easy and simple for them to use too. Yeah. yeah well, that's it? a big part of what we do is that you know we, we take all of the learnings that we get from all of our customers and and we're able to make that experience easier. Yeah. Right? And you know we try and make it as simple and slick as possible. Yeah for your customers to pay you this way. Mm. And you know, I think that what we find is that a lot of the time, it's not just the business that's collecting the money that gets the value from this, right? It's also yeah. the, the, the payer, uh, the, the end customer so right, as well, right? Yeah. And you know, what, one of the things that's always been, that struck me quite a lot is that, you know, a lot of the late payments problem that small businesses face is not because mm. their customers aren't willing to pay Absolutely. or can't pay yeah. it's just that they don't get around to it right we're all busy we've Absolutely. got so much yeah, going yeah. on in our lives and like yeah. you know it turns out that you know paying your invoices generally like slips and it's like when i get around to it yeah. and so actually we're helping both sides right yeah. we're making it easier to you know automate the whole process and I'm you sure. know that means that as the business that's collecting money you've got more certainty you get yeah. paid mm. faster and that cash flow issue that's a big big problem right yeah. the number of businesses i talk to where you know you, the number got, one killer yeah. yeah exactly and it's yeah. like you, you're, you're losing sleep because you don't know if you're going to make payroll and yeah. all these things and so yeah, yeah we really want to like you know re reduce that problem as much as possible and yeah. it's been great to come to ZeroCon and see how much of a focus there is on cash flow yeah, yeah. You know, we think it's a really big problem it's, so it's, it's been totally a big uh, theme of this ZeroCon in particular exactly. it's kind of uh, the cash flow side of things you know yeah. the trend was talking yesterday about uh, 
uh, and even on our podcast earlier today, uh, 115 billion dollars yeah, of a, late payments coming from, and that's just just in Australia. Yeah, yeah, no, this is a big, big global yeah. problem. So yeah. yeah, that's part of what we're here to to tackle. Yeah, which is that's great. Cool. Um, so what are some opportunities or challenges that GoCardless have right now? I know there's some, um, like we said before, uh, integrations that you're working very closely with Zero. Yeah. So perhaps uh, you've got some things on yeah, the roadmap I mean, there. There's always uh, opportunities to improve those partnerships. Mm. And you know, it's been great spending time with the, the team at Zero uh, here at ZeroCon. Uh, and you know, we have partners all around the world. We've got about 150 partners, so yeah. you know, that's a, yeah, that's nice. a big part of uh, what we do. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's really important, right? Because we've always believed that you know, payments is something that we don't want you guys to think about. Right? Yeah. We, want, we want it to be something that just works seamlessly in the background. Yeah. And, yeah. and the best way to do that is by partnering with other technology soft, uh, services yeah. so that you can embed it deeply into the processes yeah. that you already have, right? So like, yeah. you know, our belief is you, you should be able to just send the invoice and then the payment just happens like magic in the background, right? Yeah. Um, and, but to do that, you really need those partnerships. So, so that, that's yeah. a big part of the opportunity. Um, uh, the other big thing is that, you know, we've been expanding globally. So we yeah. started in the UK yeah. uh, about yeah. eight, eight years ago or so. Yeah. Um, and, you know, over the last couple of years, we've really started investing more into yes. building out globally. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's part of what's brought sure. us out over here to Australia and in New Zealand. Cool. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a huge opportunity because, you know, obviously it's a new market for us. We've only just launched it, so it's still yeah. relatively early. Yeah. And, and we're really excited because, you know, coming here especially and hearing the stories of like, mm. you know, the problems that people face yeah. and actually the way that we're helping them already and the cool. excitement that they have, cool. it's, it's exact. It's almost like word for word the same stories that I'm hearing in the UK, right? Yeah, so, right. So, it's, so it's great to hear that like, you know, we can solve the problem in the same way. That's cool. Uh, but but th- at the same time, it brings challenges as well, right? Yeah. Like now all of a sudden, I have a team and an office like halfway around the world. <laughs> yeah. And, you, know, you have to kind of adapt the ways, <laughs> ways sure. you work. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah. So, what, um, so obviously, you know, as you just mentioned, he's hearing the same problems from businesses yeah. all around the world. Yeah. So there's plenty of market for this product. Yeah, for sure, yeah. um, so what made you come to Australia before you went to somewhere like the US? Yeah, so I mean, I think that there's a, a number of factors, right? Mm. So you know, one of the things is that actually the Australia and, and New Zealand feel quite similar to the UK. Okay, and, right. and in some ways feel actually more advanced than the UK, right? Mm. So the le- level of cloud adoption mm. is really high. The, the willingness to try new solutions is, is super yeah, high as sure, well. Sure. Uh, I think the other aspect from a sort of more payments angle is that you know, um, the US is very credit card focused and yeah, credit okay. especially, right? Like people are really, they love their air miles and yeah. you know, they use their cards for everything. Yeah. And uh, and as a result, you know, the direct debit systems over there, they're not really as well understood. Yeah. Um, whereas in Australia and in New Zealand, it's a bit different, right? Mm, it's a yeah. bit more like the UK where actually people are used to paying in different ways for yeah, different sure, things. Sure. And, you know, the level of uh, awareness around direct debit is a lot higher. Yeah. Um, so, th- so that definitely played a part. And then, and then the other thing is that, you know, obviously given our, the importance of partnerships for us, mm. you know, we, we follow our partners, right? We follow yeah. where our partners are successful and, you know, yeah. especially Zero, who, who, you know, come from this part of the world. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, yeah. It, there's a huge opportunity for us to work definitely. with Zero here. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's a great way of building momentum is to, cool. you know, leverage those partnerships. And so, mm. you know, that was the other reason as well. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I know they're expanding into the US more and more as well. Yeah, so it's yeah. easy to follow them through into that market. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, and what about challenges? Any any things you need to overcome uh, at the moment, or well, you know, there's been really? there's been a lot of work that we've had to go into, you know, 
figure out all the regulatory differences between yeah. countries and yeah. you know, all the differences between the banking systems. There would be a fair bit of background stuff that we wouldn't see. Yeah, from yeah. Our hopefully end. you never have to think about that. <laughs> but yeah, so, so, that, so that, that's been quite challenging and you know, it, we've had to, to adapt and to, to learn how to, yeah. to overcome some of those challenges. Uh, but I think we've done a pretty good job of that. And cool. I think that now that the, the next phase is around how do we make uh, the team really effective when yes. it's based all around the world, right? Sure. Yeah, and yeah. I think that, that that's a big thing that I'm thinking about at the yeah. moment is, you know, how do we change the way that we communicate? How yeah. do we change the way that we make decisions? How do we you yeah, know, well. keep together and connected? And how yeah. do we make sure that our culture is, is kind of similar around yeah. the world and you know and actually especially somewhere like zero you know it, they have such a fantastic oh, culture you can really amazing, like feel yeah. it right yeah. you meet anyone that works at zero and it's almost like you can recognize them from <laughs> yeah. a mile off yeah um, definitely. so you know I, I think that's something that yeah. i'd really love to replicate and that's cool you know, yeah. it, it's something that uh, requires some quite conscious effort yeah. um, it's a big part of what i'm thinking about at the moment well, it's funny, yeah. like, you know, these, all these issues are very similar just to, just obviously on a much larger scale, but like any yeah. business, any, any small business goes through the same, how, how do you control the culture in your business? Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Even, you know, one site to 10 sites to around yeah. the world, you know, yeah. how do you yeah. control um, how your people behave and, and, and the attitudes towards the work and also cash flow and yeah. also dealing with regulatory issues, you know, these yeah. are all yeah. things that any business oh, yeah, faces. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, just on a much... Much larger scale. Much, much larger scale, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it's the sa same challenges, it's the, yeah. but it's all good fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's why we exist. Exactly. Mm. Um, so, apart from moving into the US and those opportunities you mentioned, how does the future look for you? What does Go Cardless in the future look like to you? Yes. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that we're, we're still quite early on in our journey, right? Yeah. It always yeah. feels like we're just at the beginning. And, uh, yeah. you know, at the moment, the big focus is on, you know, working with businesses all around the world, right? Mm -hmm. and, yep. and becoming more of a global company. And, yep. you know, we've had a, a lot of success in the UK. Um, and so, you know, what I'd love to do, focus on is how do we replicate that mm. and, you know, help hundreds of thousands of businesses across Australia, the US, everywhere mm. to, you know, solve some of these cash flow problems. And yep. so, you know, I think that, that that's the big focus. And I think it will keep us busy for a while. Yeah, I'd yeah. imagine it would. Yeah. <laughs> Um, right. And throughout your journey in business, um, so there's a lot of business uh, owners that listen to the podcast. Is there any big learnings or lessons that you could offer? I suppose. Oh wow! So I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like I've learned a, a huge amount. Yeah, uh, <laughs> even a always, recent one. You're always you know. learning. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I think that uh, maybe maybe two things that spring to mind is like one is around the culture piece, right? It's, yeah. it's so important, yeah. uh, and it's really key to 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 getting things done and, mm. and to to. To, to not only getting things done but getting things done in a way that you enjoy right yeah. like, you know I think that you know one of the things that really excites me and keeps me motivated uh, is, is the team right mm. is, is working with people that you feel like you have this shared sort of mission with sure. and also a shared set of values with um, so I think that you know culture is something that's always been super key to us and I think yeah. is, is absolutely one of the most important things yeah. and, th and then the other thing I think is um, just being willing to make mistakes right yeah. and, and be willing to you know be open about that and yeah. you know actually what we found is that our customers our partners our employees that they, 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 they don't expect you to be perfect all of the time right mm, yeah. it's, it's actually about how you deal with those mistakes that matters and, yeah you know yeah. what we always try True. and do is learn from them and but yeah. also be open about them and like honest about them and and uh, you know that that's where I've had most of my learnings over yeah, the last okay. uh, like eight years of, of building the company is is through all the mistakes that we've made and we've yeah. made plenty right yeah. Uh, yeah. and but, but you know that that's how you grow. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, we've been recently talking about that in our office and um, that mm. we really need to empower people to make mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's I think the it's, best it's way to move forward. Because like, yeah. as soon as you stop making mistakes, I think that's when you start becoming too risk averse and yeah. Yeah. you stop trying things. And, you know, I think that, you know, that that's really stifling. So, you know, yeah. it, it, you need to create that culture of mm. and, and, and sort of environment where people feel like they can take those risks and exactly, you know, yeah. uh, make those mistakes. They've got a sense of ownership over what they're doing. They're happy yeah. to make those mistakes and, exactly. and you need to give and them the, the opportunity and the space to do that. To take the initiative and, yeah. and the ownership. Exactly. exactly. All right, so one thing, uh, this is one area where you, you have to tread carefully, I suppose. You don't want to make a mistake here, Hiroki. Okay, all right. So you're, you are Japanese and English. Yeah. The Rugby World Cup is coming up. It's <laughs> yeah. in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. Who are you going to be rooting for? Oh, well, I mean... <laughs> uh, are you much of a rugby fan? Uh, or? So I watch a little bit. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a massive rugby <laughs> fan, but I think that, you know, I should say England, but, like, you know, I think that, you know, I, I, it was so amazing seeing the, the Japanese team last yeah. time, right? Um, yep. And uh, and I'd, I'd love to see them sort of go further. And, and Definitely. So, yeah, I, I think... A, 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 a big part of me will be rooting for them. <laughs> Cherry Blossoms, that's, that's who they are, right? Yeah, yeah there we go. Oh, very exciting. Cool. cool. All right, well, thanks so much for having a chat with us thanks on the podcast. If people want to find out more about Go Carlos, obviously just Google it. Go look there at the website, go. keep yep. up to date on socials, that kind of stuff. Awesome, yes, please. Perfect, cool. Yeah. All right, Great. well, Fantastic. thanks for coming on. Thanks Thank for you. Chat. We'll chat to you soon. All right, cheers. Bye. It was a great chat with Hiroki. <laughs> really good <laughs> chat. Thank you, Hiroki, for uh, coming on. It was great to meet you. I'm mm. um, very excited to use GoCarless's new feature in Xero, yep. which is direct debit payments. Yeah. You can actually now collect direct debit payments from recurring or ad hoc invoices mm. straight from Xero. Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. Um, really going to help with cash flow and, and managing those direct debit payment systems. Um, GoCarless seems to be a you know, great product and expanding rapidly. So I'm, I'm sure that their connection is only going to deepen over time. Yeah, you should check it out, actually. If you do recurring payments for people, mm. uh, recurring invoices, I should say, yep. then check out GoCarless as a payment service. Yeah. yeah, they're great. All right, Tim, do you have another thing this week? Mm. I do. I'll start. There you go first. Uh, I've been watching the television show... Um, I kind of jumped on the bandwagon a bit late here, but Fleabag. Hmm. So if it's a it's a BBC show, okay, um, but it's picked up by Amazon, and the first a BBD show, BBC, BBC <laughs> uh, show, and uh, it got picked up by Amazon, and yeah. it's, so it's on. If you got Amazon Prime, you can watch it there, and yeah. so obviously it became big in the US as well. Yeah, yeah. just won the Emmy for best comedy series and best actress and best writer who is also the main actress in the show. She created it. Um, it's, cool. I, I don't think there's going to be a third season. There's only ever going to be two, I think they said, maybe. Okay. Um, but it's just really smart, right. really funny. It's kind of a dramedy, so it's like, okay. it's, it's not... Dramedy. Yeah, it's not all like ha-ha funny the whole time. There's some serious moments. Cool. Um, but it's just really well written yeah. and really well performed and unique. And I loved it. Nice. I binged the entire show. In a week. Wow. There's only like 10 episodes. Now so it. In all. Well, now in it. all. So that's, that's pretty cool. Good. That's mm. cool. I thoroughly suggest watching it. Cool. Mm. That's a good one. I'll have to check that out. There's mm. a few, few good series that bouncing around at the moment, mm. actually. Let's go on, Dan. Uh, mine is about a recent scam, which I heard about. Mm. Buying pets online, Dan. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I've got a bit of a gripe about this. Yep. For two reasons. Those nasty scammers uh, tricking people. 
selling pets online, which aren't real, and making money. Apparently, there's been, in Australia alone, quarter of a million dollars scammed off people in selling pets online that aren't real and don't exist. Right. Yeah. Mainly over like Facebook and uh, Gumtree. So, they've just got like, like puppies um, yep. and they might be like awesome semoids or let's yep. let's just say there's a sausage dog For that's sure. been sold yep. in the local area on, on Gumtree. Yep, yep. Um, and there's pictures of them and they're saying, right, brand new puppy dash hounds, yep. uh, $2,000 each. Yes. Um, vaccinated, yep. wormed, all that stuff. The dog doesn't actually exist. Mm. Bit of a scam. That is a scam. So, that's my gripe. I mean, like, yeah, scammers, mm. they'll find any way to try and rip you off. So, mm. I mean, that's pretty nasty. Yeah. But I also have a gripe, Dan. Mm-hmm. With people who will buy an animal sight mm. unseen, mm. I haven't met the breeder. Yep. I haven't checked that they're a registered breeder. Mm. I haven't even gone to see if it's like a friendly, happy place for puppies, puppies and their to parents born. to be mm. living. Exactly. What the fuck? Yeah, see, this that this, shits me. The whole it really shits me. The whole puppy industry is a concern. I mean, on the one side, you've got these people scamming people for puppies that don't exist. Yeah, but then the other side, you've got these puppy farms and oh. and these horrible living conditions for these animals, bad. which is terrible. So you either need to rescue a dog, yeah, from RSPCA or the pound, yeah. or go to if you want a specific breed, go to a specific. Registered make breeder. Make sure they're registered. And go visit. Make sure exactly. that the place is nice and friendly and happy. Exactly. And and then buy your puppy from there. Yeah. I don't mind people who buy, um, you know, breeds of dog. That's cool. Mm. That's fine if that's your prerogative. Mm. But uh, it, I, I don't think anyone should be scammed. Mm. That's real, real unfair and nasty. Mm. But at the same time, if you haven't done your due diligence. Mm. It's on you. Kind of on you. It's on you. Because that could have been fucking anyone selling that dog. <laughs> and that's just abuse of animals. Yeah, it is. Absolutely People were making 10, 20 grand off a litter of puppies. Yeah, and you do see that sometimes happens like... Anyway, fair enough if, you, if, you, if your animals accidentally got pregnant and had mm. litter, that's fine. Like, make sure they go to good homes. Yeah. Do you have to sell them for $2,000 a pop? Mm. That's not fair either. Mm. So, um, yeah. I mean, the reason you'd pay... That's my other thing. $2,000 for a puppy, right? Mm. Is either it comes from a specific breeder who has made sure that the parents of those puppies are healthy yeah. and... Um, a certain temperament. A certain temperament. And, and that puppy Supposedly. is a particular breed. And then yep. you know that that puppy should be pretty healthy and yes. should have the right temperament and the right breed and have everything there. Yeah. And that's why that sausage dog would be $2,000. Yes. Yeah. Um, but someone who lives down the road whose dog accidentally got pregnant and they're not breeders, mm. um, they're selling it at a market price. But that's not a comparable it's thing. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's a gray area. Yeah. It's tricky. The reason we're mentioning wrong sausage me. dogs <laughs> is because we have a friend who's literally just bought a, sau- a sausage dog off Facebook. I'm very excited to meet this sausage dog. Right. I actually do think that the... I think they said that these people used to be breeders. Yeah, okay. And so, they they are bred dogs. I would like to check the registration. Yeah, I would too. Hmm. Anyway. But still, no, I mean, it's a scam. Beware of that. Don't buy dogs online without going and meeting the breeder and... Uh, all right let's end it there yeah cool all right uh thanks again for listening if you want to get in touch to drunk podcast at gmail.com 
at Two Drunk Accountants on Instagram, at Two Drunk Podcast on Twitter, Two Drunk Accountants on Facebook, and make sure you like, share, rate, review the podcast. Thank you for listening. Calculator.